Snake Eyes is an actual play semi-improvised podcast that utilises an adapted version of the Freeform Universal role-playing system at its base. Our game master, Nathan Quadrio, describes scenes, settings and characters for our player, Miriam Feats, who reacts as an active part of the story. Most of what you hear in this podcast is collaboratively improvised by our two performers. At moments of great risk and tension, Miriam will be asked to roll a standard six-sided die to determine the outcome of the situation. On a one to three, something goes wrong, adding more complications to the story. On a four to six, luck swings her way and the story moves on unimpeded. Now, prepare to enter a world of murder, adultery, crime, and lies in Snake Eyes. You do not sleep well. Everything you hear outside your home is somebody trying to come find you. Eventually, quite late at night, Biddy does fall asleep and wakes up to a knock at her door. Miss Jones, you were there? It's the police. We'd like to talk to you. I guess I'll see if it it actually does look like the police. Um, you look around the corner. It's difficult to see, but it does appear to be a man in a blue uniform. Okay. Is there a back way out of where I live? Yeah, there's a back door to your house. Oh, God. Is the officer armed? Yes, he's a police officer. But it's just, like, holstered? Yeah. He doesn't appear to be particularly aggravated. Oh. His weapon doesn't appear to be out. His partner is back at the car. Okay. I'll open the door. You open the door? Yeah. And standing before you is a middle-aged policeman. Uh, good morning, Miss Jones. I apologise if we woken you. Oh, it's it's no trouble. Can I help you, officer? Or maybe come in. Can you tell me what your business is first, if you don't mind? Uh, certainly. There was an incident last night uh, in which a taxi driver was shot at. Um, he came in to report it quite uh, early this morning. We're just investigating. We believe that you have some involvement in that. Uh, of, of course, come in. What questions do you have for me? Can you tell us about your whereabouts last night? I was out for the evening looking for somewhere to drink. Um, it's been a rough week. I just wanted to let my hair down and, and relax for a little bit. And apparently I chose the wrong bar. And so what does that mean, Miss Jones? There was some commotion that went down. An angry man who, I think he jumped to the wrong conclusions when he saw me. I don't really know, it was all very fast, but there were guns involved. I just wanted to get out of there as quickly as I could. I'm not the kind of girl that aims to get into that kind of trouble, sir. I thought maybe he was trying to kill me, but I mean, that can't be right. I'm I'm no one, I was just out for a walk. I. I think I gave that cab driver a real fright. I'm very, very sorry. Miss Jones, my, my understanding is that you work as a private investigator, is that correct? When I can. Uh, I see. Um, now, the people at the bar have said that you were there not only last night, but the night before, asking around and causing quite a bit of trouble, is what they said. I don't remember causing trouble. I think I asked about a friend of mine who I knew had a drink there occasionally. Nothing to stir the pot in the way that they've said I am. Miss Jones, I noticed that you've got an injury there to your shoulder. Do you mind explaining to me what happened? I was a, um, a bit of a boxer back in my day, and occasionally I get myself into scuffles. I got into a bit of a fight. They pulled out a knife that I didn't realize they had, and they got me in the shoulder. I shouldn't have been stirring the pot the way I was. I could be quite upfront when I got a couple of drinks in me. And when was this? About halfway through last week. 
Miss Jones, I get the feeling that you're not being completely upfront with us. Some of our officers last night went to meet with you at your offices. We noticed that there has been some vandalism and damage there. Well, thank you for finding that. I haven't been there in a couple of days. I've been quite busy catching up with an old friend. Molly Cartwright, you may have seen her in some of the pictures. I've been staying at her house. We haven't seen each other in a few years. It was it was just a time for me to get away and, and spend some time with her. Miss Jones, what's going on here? I think perhaps you can understand why a single woman who got in a taxi that was shot at would be a little cautious when talking about what was going on, especially because you seem suspicious of me, despite the fact that I was the one that was nearly killed last night. Can you explain to me in more detail exactly how this scuffle started last night? How does an evening go from you searching for a bar to drink to getting shot at in a taxi? I can tell you what's been going on, but I need you to promise me that when I do, I'm not going to be in more danger than I was before. Miss Jones, if there's something going on here in which you are unsafe, then it's our job to make sure that we get to the bottom of it. I was hired by the wife of an important man who was worried about her husband's recent activity. I'm sorry, I don't want to give you names, perhaps later after you've heard the story. This man was staying out late, avoiding his wife. She thought it was an affair, just a Hollywood fling, but it's a lot more sinister than that. There's a lot of money millions of dollars that have been moving between this man and one of the men who frequents the bar that I was at last night, a Mr. Ray Oscar. I was investigating Mr. Oscar to see if I could discover what deal exactly he had with this man and whether or not it was going to cause any danger to this man and his family. And it turns out that I think it will because it's already caused danger to me. I was somewhere I shouldn't have been last night. Um, I snuck in to the back of the bar to listen in to a conversation that Mr. Oscar didn't want me to hear, and when he knew that I'd heard it, he tried to kill me. But before he did that, I think I heard him threaten to kill the man that I'm investigating. If you're looking for a lead, someone to investigate, someone who is the danger in this situation, it's Raymond Oscar. Well then, Miss Jones, that's a very interesting story that you've told me. It's clear that this Mr. Oscar, who you gauge to be a threat to your well-being, knows who you are. If he was at the bar, as you say, then he would have been one of the people who brought us to you. At the moment, we're still sorting out all the details here, and it definitely seems like this is a case that needs to be moved up. I don't have any evidence towards your story. I don't have any evidence towards the contrary either. If you feel unsafe, you're entirely within your rights to stay somewhere else. It would be very helpful to us if you let us know where that was, and we would know that you were on our side, as it were. Thank you, officer. I might get myself a room for now. Thank you, Miss Jones. We will take your statement, but know that if you run, we will find you. All right. They take your statement, and with a word of caution, they leave you for the moment. And you're now in your home, quite early in the morning, maybe yeah. 8.30. What is it that you'd like to achieve? Biddy is going to pick up the phone, and she's going to call Molly, and just see if Molly's home. You pick up the phone, and you dial for Molly. It rings. Uh, hello? Hi, uh, Molly? 
Hello, uh, who is this, sorry? Biddy. Oh, hey, Biddy. What, what, what's going on? I, um, can I come to the studio to see you today? <laughs> sure. It's just, there's been some things happening. I, I'd just like to sit down and, and talk with you about it. Biddy, I don't really want to get tied up in whatever you're doing. You won't. I, I promise this is, this is the last thing. Sure. I'll see you there. If you could just, um... And she hangs up. <laughs> okay. Biddy will sort of finish her morning routine, get herself dressed, get herself cleaned up as best she can. Dress semi-respectively. She's also going to go hat and, like, dark glasses. <laughs> just to maybe obscure the facial features. And then she'll head to the studio. She's going to pack, like, a little travel bag. Because she is going to try and be maybe a little bit smart, maybe lay low. You travel with your little travel bag through the city, trying to look inconspicuous. Yeah. But looking quite suspicious <laughs> with a travel bag <laughs> and a large hat and some sunglasses. <laughs> as you are delivered and dropped off to Solar Studios and you move up to the gate. Is it the same gate? It is. Presence? Hi, I'm here to see Molly. Uh, Molly Cartwright? Yes. Yeah, okay, um, and your name? Tabitha Jones? Tabitha Jones for Molly Cartwright, yes. Um, head right through. And he opens the boom gate, and you're allowed to yep. walk through. And I'll head to the same spot that we met the first day. Mm -hmm. You head to the diner, and Molly is at the same table waiting. She just stares at you. The police were around this morning. This whole thing has gotten very out of control. I haven't given any names or any more names than I needed to. I've tried to play this as smartly as I can, but I may have to lay low for a while. And I just want you to know that I'm not gonna be dragging you into anything. I'm sorry for pulling you back in as far as I did. She just continues to stare at you. But he's like, takes off her glasses and, and looks at her. There's something going on here, Molly, with this studio, with the people involved. I just keep your distance. Stay safe, please. She stands up. Don't die, Biddy. And walks out. I think Biddy watches her go. Before you have the chance to go anywhere. Oh no. Somebody sits down at your table. Oh no. <laughs> Do I recognize them? You don't. It's a woman, older, late 40s perhaps, a bush of curly, going gray hair, a very friendly face, maternal, motherly. Hello, my name's Mrs. Cassock. Are you Biddy Jones? I'm sorry, do I know you? No, you don't. And to be perfectly honest, I don't know you, but um, I've noticed you having a look around here. Would that be correct? I've been visiting a good friend of mine. Okay. I've also noticed that you were visiting a good friend of yours a couple of days ago. Uh, Molly and I have a long history. We don't... I take any chance I can to see her, catch up. Would I be correct in understanding that you're a private investigator? I do what I can to help out people who need it. Biddy, is it alright if I call you Biddy? I feel like it would be a little uneven for you to call me Biddy if I don't know your first name. Miss Jones, I work for the film studio. We understand that you've been talking to some people, looking around. 
and you may have found some information about some strange dealings. Miss Jones, we've also had some concerns about strange dealings here at the studio. We've noticed that um, not everything's been adding up with some of the latest film projects. We're interested to hear if you have any information that you could share with us. Could I? I'm sorry, it's been a very stressful few days for me. Could I perhaps see some identification or could we take this meeting somewhere more official if you are representing the film studio, like you say? She takes a moment. To the second question, unfortunately not. As you know, um, the people who may be mixed up in this hold quite a bit of sway in this studio, and we'd like to be quite sure before we move officially. I do have some identification, and she hands over a small card, um, and the card reads, Press, and a name, S. Cassock. And the S stands for? Shirley. Shirley Cassock. Miss Cassock, you understand why, in my line of work, it's important that I keep certain things to myself and practice a healthy amount of discretion when it comes to revealing things that I may or may not have been looking into. In this case, this is a press ID, and I know that my particular client is very eager to keep their actions outside of your particular field. So if you don't mind, I'll be keeping any particulars of this case to myself. I see, Miss Jones. Well, I hope you have a lovely day, and I hope Nancy does too. And I'm sure we'll be seeing each other again. Oh, at this point, I'm pretty much counting on it. And she stands up, and she leaves. And I would like to follow her, please. <laughs> You manage to follow her as she heads to the same studio that you went to a few days ago. Okay. Currently being run by Max. And she talks to somebody there and heads inside. Is Max in there? Max is in there running. Is Theo in there? Theo is in there. If Biddy can stake this out and get a sense for what might be going on with Shirley and with Theo and with Max then she will. You hang around as much as you can. Yeah. After maybe five minutes or so, somebody who's standing at the studio door approaches you. Mm-hmm. Uh, hello, miss. Are you okay there? Yeah, sorry. I just got a bit turned around. Could you give me the directions to just a bathroom? And he points just further down to quite a, a, a sizable bathroom <laughs> sign. Thank you very much. And then he will walk towards the bathroom. As you enter the bathroom, there's a number of <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. starlets and people moving yeah. about, in and out. It seems to be quite a large block. I'll go up to one of them. Um, just maybe someone who's like looking in the mirror, fixing their hair. Biddy will just sort of stand next to her. Um, excuse me. I've only recently um, just started working with the crew here. A woman came up and started asking me some questions and Biddy's gonna pull out Shirley's card and just put it down. Um, have you heard of Shirley Cassick? Is she around here a lot? I just, I really wasn't sure what the protocol was, what I was meant to do. Oh, Shirley, don't talk to her, my goodness. What an old bat. Oh, have you talked to her before? No, no, of course not. She loves to run terrible smear campaigns about people. You should have heard what she did about Edward, my god. What happened? 
Oh, well, you know, she managed to follow him for a few days. He was caught up in some strange business, you know, drugs, sex, that kind of thing. Ruined his whole career. So she's around here often? Oh, well, whenever she's got somebody to smear, it seems. Right. Well, um, thank you. I'll, um, be sure not to answer any questions if she comes up to me again. Mm-hmm. Watch so. So she's going to head out, and then Biddy's going to find somewhere to just sit and watch and wait and see, like, if Shirley comes out. I think she's still also quite rattled, like, by the fact that within 24 hours of hearing Raymond talk about a Shirley, a Shirley directly came up to her and started asking her about what she knew. So I think she's quite shaken, quite worried. You head out of the studio and you find a park nearby where you can see the front gate. Can you roll a die? One. You're across the road from the front gate and you're watching and you're trying to keep an eye out for Shirley and you're there for about half an hour where the car starts to skid out of control and crashes into another car. People in the park start to stand up and move yep. in and go to assist people. The security guard sends some people out and there is a lot of hubbub as they try to help the people out of the cars and sort this out. Some police cars arrive, ambulance arrives and in that you start to lose yes. who's coming in and out of the studio doors. But he keeps her head down because she had a run-in with the police this morning. She doesn't really want to be on a record or giving a statement for anything at this point in time. Instead, I think she knows that she's potentially lost Shirley. I mean, it's only half an hour. So Theo's probably still in the studio. So I think she might move away from the park, but I think she'll go stake out the Armada and see if Theo and even see if Max are going to do their usual post-filming drink. And if so, see if she can get an idea of what their dynamic is right now. You head to the um, Armada and you take a seat. Yep. Where are you sitting? So there's a bar and there's also some tables and booths. They've been very consistently at the bar. Correct. Yeah. Then... She's going to sit probably in a booth where she can sort of get, have like an eye on the door where when they come in, she can sit hidden from them and just be listening. You sit and then eventually Theo arrives at the bar alone. Alone. Okay. He goes through, as you've seen before, chatting to some people he knows from work, having a drink, nothing much. Nothing much. Okay. You try to listen into a little bit of conversation, but it mostly seems shop talk. Yeah. Talk about families, talk about what they're doing on the weekend. But around maybe 8pm, as yeah. people start to kind of die off and head back home, Theo is still there and Max does turn up. They appear not to head towards each other. Max okay. finds his own space in the yeah. bar. After a short time, yep. Theo notices that Max is here and not talking to him. Okay. And so Theo heads over, looks at him places something on the table and pushes it over towards him and walks out. How does Max seem at what has been placed on the table? Like, is he shaken? Is he curious? Is he, was he expecting this or is this something that's very troubling to him? It seems unexpected. It seemed like he was actively avoiding talking to Theo at this time. He seems quite unnerved by what's going on and on edge. 
he's cautious about the piece of paper and he leaves it there for a short amount of time, mm -hmm. a couple of minutes before he does pick it up and read it. He reads the note, folds it, holds it, and then walks out. I would like to follow him. You head out, he hops into a taxi, mm -hmm. as do you. You travel a short distance to his home. He gets out and walks towards his home. Do I see Kenny at the door? Somebody opens the door. It's more than likely Kenny. I would like to move up to the house quietly and see if I can scope out where in the house Max is going to. And if Kenny sees me, I'm just going to be like, I'm doing my job right now. You're in on this trick. Um, and see if that works. Can you roll a dice, please? Five. Which is a yes. You head up to the house and you start to peek inside some windows and you find Eleanor and Max in a sitting room having a conversation. She seems concerned. Yeah. She's furrowing her brow and she seems to be talking quite emphatically towards Max. Has he still got, like, the piece of paper? Um, you don't see it in his hand, no. And he's still wearing his jacket? Yeah. The conversation continues, and you see him try and settle her. And he sits down next to her as if he's explaining something. Then he calls Kenny in and asks for a drink of some kind, which Kenny delivers. He takes off his jacket, puts it on the back of the chair, and takes his drink into a separate room. So if I went and, like, knocked quietly on, like, a window or the back door, do I think he would hear it? No, if you knocked on this window, Eleanor's still in the room, so yeah. she would hear you, but... yeah. Well, she knows me. She does know you. She does seem quite emotional at this time, though. She will quietly tap on the window. You knock on the window, and she jumps startled. She grabs something nearby, a vase. Yep. And then she sees it too, and she's very confused. She opens the window. Biddy, what are you doing here? I'm so sorry. Um, whatever is happening with Max, he got given something today, and I think it's in his jacket. Biddy, I, I can't. Thank you for what you've done so far, but we are mixed up in this now and we need to let this happen. Thank you for your work here. And she closes yeah. the window and still holds the vase and yeah. is signaling to you with her head to get off to her To get property. off her property. Okay, well, I'll do that because I don't want the police to come. I mean, she doesn't really have anywhere to go other than just to, like, get a hotel room. I mean, that's where Biddy goes. You get a hotel room for the night. You rest fitfully for the evening, thinking about your confusion with this sudden change of heart from Eleanor and a lack of direction, which makes you feel unsafe in that you're so caught up in it, but you don't know how to fix it. And you awaken tired, scared, sore. Your shoulder is not <laughs> responding well to the hard hotel bed and the constant activity despite your injury. You're not feeling very focused or very limber today. But he gets up, she'll shower, she'll redress her shoulder, spend, I think, a bit of a slower morning as she ponders everything that's going on. And the last lead that she really has is to head to the lodge. You head to the lodge and you've chosen to do it a little bit later in the day? Yeah. Maybe like three or four o'clock-ish. Okay. So the studio is still working. Yeah. So essentially she can like get there, she can do another like sweep and then find like a spot where she can stake out. 
You head to the lodge, arriving at around 3pm. Still these thoughts swirling in your head, finding this balance between everything and how any of these pieces potentially can fit together. And you arrive at what appears to be still unoccupied lodge. Doesn't seem like there's anyone presently in the lodge. That's correct. Biddy will take her time staking out to really make sure. Like maybe like a good half an hour of just slowly walking around, checking in windows, waiting to see if anyone, or there's any movement or there's any sound inside. You look around. It is as you had last time. Pretty much clear. Okay. Biddy will make sure she's not tracking any footprints in mm -hmm. and then head in and just head up to the same room and see if the briefcase has been moved, see if anything's changed. You head to the same room, it is clear. No briefcase, yeah. no boxes of papers. But while you look across these clues, you see that a piece of paper has been left underneath the bed. I would love to pick that up. The piece of paper is another receipt. This one seems to be one of the earlier ones. Okay. So the more recent ones that you saw were very vague and non-specific, but this receipt is an earlier one for relatively a small amount of money. And it is itemized. $5,000 for the Scarlet Winter and $5,000 for equipment upgrade, Soul Studios. You know Scarlet Winter was Max's film project from two years ago. It was quite successful and one of the ones that was definitely a step up for him in the film business. And still from the same... On the same kind of leatherhead and yeah. layout. Okay. And still says R Oscar? Still says R Oscar. And as you read this piece of paper, you hear a car pulling up in the driveway. A door slamming as someone getting out. Yes. Biddy will go under the bed because it's the closest mm -hmm. to where she is. So she's making less noise moving through the house. And just wait and hope she doesn't die. As you hide under the bed, you hear the door open. And some footsteps head in. As far as you can hear, there's only one person. Can you roll a die? Oh God. To determine the outcome. That's a one. The person walks through the house and stops near the room that you're in. And they pick up the phone that's in the hallway and dial and make a call. And you recognize the voice. It's Max. Okay. Look, Ray, I'm, I'm in too deep. I, I put my family at risk. I just can't anymore. I just can't anymore. This is going to be the last project. Yes, I know that we had discussed other plans. Solar Studios has enough success to manage itself now. Okay, I'll pay you back plus more. But our business arrangement is over. Raymond, I know. Yes, I know about Biddy. I know about what she's been investigating. Eleanor has got mixed up in it too. I just need to get out. We can discuss the financial details later, but I can absolutely pay everything you gave me back and more. This is it. And he hangs up the phone and heads into the room that you're in and stops at the foot of the bed. You hear some heavy breathing. There's a shuffle. He's adjusting himself, grabbing something out of his pocket, moving his clothes. It's not entirely clear what it is. And he turns around and slowly walks out 
of the room, but he pauses at the door and then heads outside. Okay. All right. Do I hear the door to outside open and close? Yes. All right. I will give it a minute and then crawl out of my hidey hole. Is anything different in the room to how it was? The room appears to be the same as it was before. A few footprints Mm -hmm. of his that are there in what remains of the dust. Okay. Is the car turning on? No. Okay. But he will very carefully sneak to where she can maybe get eyes on what Max is doing. You go to the sitting room window and peek out and don't see anything except the car. You don't see Max anywhere. But he's going to look around, tuck herself low and look around and see if Max is still in this space. You look around in the sitting room, as far as you can see, you're alone. I guess I'll very slowly sneak to the back door, making sure that I'm not going to run into Max. So like peeking around corners, making like trying to see if he's still inside. And then I'll listen at the back door to make sure he's not directly outside it. And then if, to me, it seems like the coast is entirely clear, I will sneak the door open and look outside. You head towards the back door. Yeah. Walking down that corridor. And you lean in to listen and try and look through the gap. You feel in the back of your head the cool steel of a gun barrel. So you must be Billy Jones. Yeah. That's me. You turn around yeah. and you see Max Herringbone. Yeah. Holding a pistol to yeah. your head. Yeah. Now pretty much directly in between your eyes as you've turned your head. Yep. Yeah. He seems very uncomfortable. Yeah. Wide-eyed. Almost crazed. I hear you've been snooping around. Asking some questions that you shouldn't be. Yeah, that... That about sums up the situation. Bring my family into it. If you'll excuse me, sir... Your family brought me into it. All I did, I did for them. I believe you. So we were safe and we were comfortable. And now you put everything at risk. You've ruined everything. I'm sorry. I, I never meant to. Your wife was just so worried. It was none of her business. She didn't need to know anything. We were close to sealing the deal, and then we would have been finished. And then you stuck your nose into this business. You've ruined it. And you've trapped me here. You've seen Ray. You've seen the papers. I can only assume it was you in here with my briefcase. I can't. I have to do what I need to do to keep Eleanor safe. And he stares you right in the eyes and cocks his gun. Thank you for listening to the first season of Snake Eyes. If you enjoyed the show, please let us know by leaving us a review and passing it on to a friend. 
If you'd like to know more about Ipskip Productions, the company behind Snake Eyes, find us on Facebook and at our website, ipskipoz.com.